This is Hired, the Good Karma Brands Recruitment Show. Looking for your next great career? You're in the right spot. And now, alongside Good Karma Brands Senior Director of Human Resources, Daphne Ursu, here's your host, Steve Wexler. Good morning and welcome to Hired, the Good Karma Brands Recruitment Show, along with my leadership coach, Steve Wexler. My name is Daphne Ursu. I am the Senior Director of Human Resources here at Good Karma Brands. Great to have you with us today. Our show is produced at the GKB Home Office Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hey, Daphne. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. It's July. It's, it's July. summer. And yes. the living is easy, right? Yeah, living's easy. You know, Daphne, <laughs> one of the things that I talk about when I do some of the leadership coaching that I do here at Good Karma Brands and around the country are and you and I have talked a lot on this show about mm-hmm. business cultures, right? right? How to recognize good ones and ones that maybe right. aren't as great. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed and that I talk to groups about are the four types of cultures that I've seen. In fact, I've even got little like cute little names for each one. I love it. If you'll if you'll <laughs> indulge me, I will. Um, one of them is called "Show Me the Money." Okay. The second one is called "Up with People." Okay. Then there's the combo platter culture, and then there's the best of both worlds. And today I thought we might discuss what they look like and what happens when they take hold. I would love that. So we're going to do that on this special edition of Hired. It's coming up with Daphne and Wex here on the GKB Radio Network. Welcome back to Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. Alongside Good Karma Brand's Senior Director of Human Resources, Daphne Ursu, here's your host, Steve Wexler. Welcome back to Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. So, Wex, you really have us intrigued with these four types of business cultures. Let's tackle the first one. Yeah, these are four models or uh, cultures that I've seen, and I'm guessing that you have seen, we've all probably experienced at at some level. Um, And by the way, the other thing I think we can talk about is not only are these descriptions uh, true of cultures, they can be true of individual leaders Mm -hmm. as well, because each of us, right, create cultures by the way we manage and lead people. Mm -hmm. Fair? Right, absolutely. So the first one I call, show me the money. Show me the money. Right. <laughs> so, it. what happens in a show me the money culture? And by the way, so tell me if you've seen this. This might be a culture or a manager who almost every interaction you have, every conversation, every one-on-one, every coaching session is about results. Is about the number. Yeah, yeah. and I think it can be. Yeah, because that that's the first thing that that I thought of when you said show me the money. That it was like not so much about the people, but it right. was about the money. Exactly. Now, I worked actually for a period of time for a company that um, I'm not going to name it on this show because it's still around and I've got friends and and colleagues uh, uh, still there. But what I noticed is that every staff meeting, every presentation, and even most of my interactions with my managers, Mm -hmm. they tended to be about either the money, Mm -hmm. the financial results, the sales, the the cash flow, whatever the metric was that Mm -hmm. we were um, measuring. And there was very little time spent on what some people might call the softer part of the culture, which mm-hmm. I don't think it's soft. The right. people part, it's actually really hard to do it well. Absolutely. But there wasn't much conversation or discussion about the people, about core values, mm-hmm. about those types of things. And um, over time, you realize that what that company in that show me the money culture really prioritized were the hard results. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. sound familiar to you? It does sound familiar to me. And, and also, too, it also goes back to kind of what we talked about at one time about like culture 
and you know finances really truly equals like a successful organization so it's like they're just focusing just on the the numbers and the exactly. dollars and not thinking about the other piece of it yeah when we've talked about the word and this was very much an or organization yes. yeah. it yeah. was um and and so you know what i what i learned and what i talk to groups about when i talk about the show me the money culture is here's what happens over time for a while this is okay because mm -hmm. people go oh i get it Daphne just wants me to perform my job and mm -hmm. make sales yeah. or, you know, make widgets or whatever it is I'm supposed to do. Right. And then every interaction I have with you, if you're my manager, is you're asking me, how many numbers. widgets did you make? How many sales did you make? Numbers, how many metrics, calls, right. metrics and numbers. Yeah. And in this kind of culture, you're not asking me questions about, hey, how's your career development going? Right. Um, how are your relationships with your teammates? Mm -hmm. Those things don't come up. And mm -hmm. what I noticed is that what happens over time is that um, these companies seem to have trouble retaining really good quality people right right, right. Mm -hmm. because most people are looking for something other than just measurement of sales mm -hmm. they want to feel some connection and, and I think even if I think about people who are just numbers driven you still you still want a little bit of that right you know there are some people out there yeah I'm about the numbers I just want to make money I want to make my you know I want to make my commissions but there's still that human piece there, totally. right? Totally, and what yeah. I found is that those people that you're describing in the show me the money culture, for a while they're okay, yeah. because they're like, this is great, this yeah. is all about the Especially money. Especially when the money's coming in, right? Totally, I'm making the money, I'm yeah. feeling good about my paycheck, we're making our budgets, but then here's something that happens, all of a sudden, times aren't as good. You miss it's a budget. A shift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sales aren't coming in. Right. Now I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm angry. Maybe I'm uh, getting a little bit bitter. And I look around and there's no other real culture to rely on because remember, the culture is just show me the money. And your manager is also responding to yes. that same thing too. So there's that other dynamic, right? Totally. They, and they're feeling that same pressure because sure. now in the show me the money culture, they're not making the money. Maybe their bonuses or their compensation are tied to the results. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the, the, the lesson that I learned about show me the money culture is um, there's nothing wrong with money. In fact, that's the fuel of business and capitalism mm -hmm. and all the rest. But if you stop there, you might be missing out on a really important piece, which is mm -hmm. how you sustain a culture, you know, over time. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's the first uh, culture that I that I wanted to sort of highlight. It's the show me the money culture, where all we talk about are the metrics, and we sort of stop there. Right, right. And so again, not one of the cultures that you would want to be a part of, right? <laughs> no, I don't think over time this yeah. one is healthy. I think, yeah. and and you know, if you can recognize it, right. that can be really helpful. Right. Okay. All right. You want to move on to the second one? Well, yeah, because I'm like up with people. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, just it sounds fun, and it also makes me think of that the Disney movie. Is it up? Yeah, you know, up yeah. with people. Like, oh, and up, up with, the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so. so the second culture is sort of the converse of the first culture. If the first culture is all about the metrics, mm -hmm. all about the measurement, mm -hmm. all about the revenue, all about the money, or as somebody once said to me, all about the jack, in the up with people culture, all we talk about is our feelings, how we're doing together as a group, teamwork, um, and we don't spend any time on the metrics, right. the numbers, the money, the compensation, the goals, and all the rest. And I put the big warning sign up in this kind of culture because right. at first people laugh and go, oh, this sounds great, up with people, we're gonna get along, we're gonna enjoy each other's company, we're gonna have best friends at work. But I learned a couple things about this one. Yeah. One, and by the way, I worked in a culture like this. Did you really? I did, out in the Pacific Northwest. What role did you have? I was uh, in charge of the programming. Oh, I was a okay. program director. Okay. And the culture was very much about the people. In fact, I had a manager 
who would think nothing of like in the middle of the day just saying, let's go find some Chardonnay and like hang out together. And at first I thought, this is cool. This right? is great. <laughs> it's what wonderful. A, what a great job. Yeah. Um, but we didn't talk much about our results. In oh, fact, okay. we had really lousy results. Oh, um, revenue imagine. was bad. Sure. Profit was bad. Right. Um, employee retention wasn't good. Mm-hmm. We just, you know, it wasn't a successful business. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happened to that business? Closed down? It, yes. Yes. It, yes. it yeah. would make sense. Right? Yeah. Because even though we were all getting along and enjoying Chardonnay, yeah. Um, we no couldn't focus on the task. On the that task, yeah, yeah, and the metrics and the numbers. I made friends, by the way, in this culture. I mean, people that I still call friends to this day yes, because we'd hang out. I learned how to eat Thai food <laughs> during this time of my life because we'd go out and experiment with different cuisines. Um, so the up with people culture feels good for a while. But here's the other thing that happens: the really driven people they leave at some yeah, point. Yeah, because they go, "What are we doing?" Because we need that balance, right? I mean, you think as a leadership coach, too, both of these scenarios, I mean, we see that they're probably going on right now in, in, in some organization, but neither of them are, are healthy, right? I mean, if you had a, a person that you were coaching in both of those scenarios, right? Yes. Like, what would you say to them in terms of what to do next? Well, exactly. And that's why I think identifying them and understanding where you are. And that's why, look, if you're an up with people leader mm-hmm. who just talks about, feelings, relationships, development, but never says, hey, Daphne, how are we actually doing with the job? Did we, you know, is our production line working properly? We sold the right amount of, uh, uh, you know, advertising this week. If you never inspect the numbers, but you just talk about the people, you may be leaning towards an up with people culture, just as the uh, show me the money culture. I never get to the people part, or I don't talk about it very much because I'm so interested and focused on the money. Wow, I think that's great. So I think I really want to hear more about these other ones. I really want us to tackle the other two, which is the combo platter. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, that's making me hungry. I'm just saying. Yeah, the combo platter, right? <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about the combo platter. Yeah, and then really the best of both. So yeah. that'll be coming up here on the GKB Radio Network. You're listening to Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. Alongside Good Karma Brand's Senior Director of Human Resources, Daphne Ursu, here's your host, Steve Wexler. Welcome back to Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. Today, we're discussing the four types of business cultures. So, Wex, we've already tackled two of those. We talked about money and we talked about people. Tell me about this combo platter. Yeah, so the combo platter is interesting because at first, I think most people think, oh, that sounds great, the combo. We have a culture that talks about results finances, money, and we have a culture that also um, prioritizes people and and all the rest. And here's what I found about the combo platter. It sounds really good. And by the way, I think the combo platter is a goal that we should strive for as leaders, right, to be able to balance uh, both. But something interesting uh, that I found in a little bit of my research, uh, Jim Collins, who wrote a couple of amazing books, Mm -hmm. Built to Last and Good to Great, he found that the really great companies didn't balance money and people. They actually tried to be, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but they tried to be amazing at both. So it wasn't a balance. It wasn't a combo of 50-50. I see. It was 100-100. So here's what happens in the combo platter culture. We talk about results, and we talk about finances, money, metrics, measurements, the hard measures, right, of success. And we talk about people, and we talk about what kind of culture we have, what kind of values we have. So that's pretty good. And what Jim Collins found is that a lot of really good companies 
do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, uh, you know, it's probably a B plus or maybe even an A minus if you have the combo platter uh, going for you. But what he found is over time, um, that balance kind of became a little wishy-washy. It's mm-hmm. like, well, what's really important around here, the results or the people? Mm-hmm. And we'd say, oh, they're both really important to us. And so it was a good culture, but it wasn't a great culture. Okay. All right. That's interesting because I will tell you, when you said the combo platter, I was thinking... Pretty good. I was thinking that's great, right? Because it's it's a balance of the two of them. But, I mean, I think you, you point that out. So I want to talk about this best of both. So Yeah. So um, think of the that, combo platter. Yes. Like on steroids, like okay. times 10, because okay. what he found is that great companies weren't a balance of people and results. Were not a balance, right? No, they were 100% for each. And so that's possible. Yeah. I okay. mean, I think it's harder to do, which is okay. why it's the best of both worlds. Okay. I think as leaders, maybe, and as companies, if we can strive and it is, it's hard work to be so good at the people part, right? So that like in your job as a mm-hmm. senior HR leader to go, wow, the people here are engaged. They're mm-hmm. fully um, connected to the company. They generally get along. They even argue really well, mm-hmm. right? They, which is important, which right? Which is really important, that, right? Yeah. So they're like A plus on the people and the results are outstanding. Sales budgets are hit. Cash flow targets are made. You know, all the metrics are best in class. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of the rarefied air of where the culture is unbelievable Mm -hmm. and the results are unbelievable. And so that's like combo platter times two. I love that too. So what about the individual managers? I mean, do you think that they have kind of like that same kind of profile, that same culture profile? And how do you keep that going? I mean, I guess what I suggest is think about yourself as a leader or a manager or a teammate. Like, which one are you? Do you we all probably have um, uh, tendencies. Like we, eh, probably more of a people leader. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then you're more of an up with people leader. Mm-hmm. You might check yourself and go, "Am I paying attention to the hard numbers?" Right. And if you're more of a, "Hey, I'm all about the results. I really I'm not interested in how you're feeling today, Daphne. I just want to know <laughs> you whether are. you got your work done." <laughs> then maybe I'm sort of a show me the money leader, and maybe right. I ought to pay a little more attention to the personal cues. Right. Maybe I'm a combo leader. Right. He's like, no, I kind of do both. Right. That's pretty good. I'd work for a combo leader. But are you a leader who can actually say, no, I actually excel at both? I think that's harder to do. I really think that that's harder to do, too. And I also think, too, that people are predispositioned to be in a certain, you know, I think about, like, um, personality types and, you know, and insights and all those things. And there are some leaders that this is my strong suit of in the numbers and in the results and those types of things and really trying to bridge that gap yes. over to both of them, right? Yeah. And then having them be, in this case, equal at the 100%, which is different because the combo was the 50-50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 50-50. But we're talking about 100, 100%, 100% on the best of both. Totally. Okay. And I think if you challenge yourself, and mm-hmm. by the way, if you have people that you trust, like if I came to you and said, hey, Daphne, in our interactions, do you find that I sort of list towards the people issues or do you think I tend to lean towards the financial results you know you might say you know Wex I've noticed that you tend to talk about the numbers a lot more right that's great but you might want to spend a little more time than on the people part of the puzzle well I'll answer that because I absolutely think that you are the best of both in that scenario I think that you do that you think about the people but then you also think about the results too which I think is also like 
it's kind of difficult, but I want to know how, how how can people learn more about this? Well, there's a couple things you can do. One is you might, um, and there's some great reading you can do, the Jim Collins books, which they're not new, but I found them to be really, for me anyway, um, inspirational, uh, good mm-hmm. to great, and, and built to last. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my... Uh, Coaching uh, consultancy, WEXL uh, Coaching and Development uh, at WEXL.net. I've got a little bit of uh, uh, some articles and some blogs uh, on this topic. But the other thing you can do in your own organization is um, talk to people about it. Go to your HR professional or go to your manager or go to your CEO or your founder. I think this conversation about where the culture is and Mm -hmm. where we are as leaders is one that you can have within your own departments. I think so, too. And you know what also is interesting to me as I hear you talk about it i don't even know that you have to be a leader or a manager right because you're still within that culture of this 100 you know 100 so thinking about yourself right thinking totally. about your manager so i still think that you can you know affect change yes. right by even thinking it through well and one of the things that um i found to be true and I, I think you can relate to this as well is most people even though they might have a tendency to lean towards either the numbers or the people right they might change over time, yes, right? Like yes. even within a period of time, you might find yourself going, why am I so uptight right now about the numbers? Well, it's probably because the numbers don't look great. Right, and there are <laughs> and, people that probably focus too. Yes. Just like you said, like, oh, the numbers aren't great, so I'm gonna go over here, right? Right. Numbers are good, back to the people. And the caution, I guess, is just to be aware of that, to go, wow, right. I am spending all my time looking at the spreadsheets, checking the sales numbers, checking the budget. Well, that's great, that's part of our job. Mm-hmm. But you might say, what percentage of my time, and literally, I've coached some people to literally look back on their day or their week and go, Mm -hmm. if I had to ask you right now, what percentage of your day was spent on the hard measurement, the hard results? Some would say, oh, 80, 90%. I'd say, well, okay, was that a deliberate, intentional choice to spend 80% of your time on the numbers? Because that feels a little out of whack. Right. Maybe this week it should have been 60% on -hmm. the numbers. And maybe a good 40% ought to have been spent, your time ought to have been spent on the people. And by the way, the other piece of this is, like in our company, we do one-on-ones, yeah. right? We encourage managers we to, do, yeah. Yeah. to sit down and have a weekly check-ins, weekly and, check-in, yeah, right? Discussions, yeah. Um, and absolutely. I hope companies do that. I hope other organizations do that. Right. But you might even look at your own agenda for that one-on-one. Right. So if you're my manager yeah. and I know I'm having my one-on-one with you, mm-hmm. is Daphne just going to quiz me about where are we with this project? Yeah. Is this done yet? Is right. this done yet? Mm-hmm. Meeting over. Well, then I walk out going, boy, all Daphne really cares about is my exactly. results. Right. And I think also, too, managing up, right? When you're managing up, again, if you're not that leader, but you are report or having a conversation with your leader, what does your agenda look like that you bring to the table, right? Yes, great Seeing point. If you're kind of balancing that, too. I mean, Wex, this is... I mean, I'm just kind of blown away because I think that this is such great information. I really love to, to, to dig into this a little bit deeper and go read your blog and website to see if I can learn more. So it was really fun. By the way, some teammates can't or won't embrace or support your culture, your people part, right? Like, right. what do you do if somebody goes, look, all this stuff about the people and teammates and core values, it's just not that important to me. I just want to make my money. I want to get a raise. I want to make a bonus. All this other stuff isn't important to me. What do you do with a teammate who sort of rejects the people part of the culture? Well, I think a lot of that would be based on behavior. I mean, one, um, I would hope that that isn't the case. I have not heard that here at GKB, but I think um, I would, it's about their behaviors because I think sometimes you may 
think that way, but it's about what are you putting out. And right? what if they are behaving that way and they then really I think have there's this, a conversation that we would probably want right? to have. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you know, if that's happening, you know, we would then want to express the importance of culture because it's not one or the other, as we talked about before, right? It's not just the financial results, it's the culture and the financial results. And so this is this is us, this is GKB, this is what we stand for. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we'd approach it in that manner. And so I'm just going to push it a little further. Please do. So a teammate who just says, look, that's just not my uh, what's important to me. All I want to know is where's the money coming from and all this other stuff just isn't important to me. At some point, yes, do we have to call it? I think we have to call it because um, one of the things that I've heard Craig, our founder and CEO say is GKB is not for everyone. Right. right. And most and so, companies, and, I think, right? Yes, yes. Sure. And I think if we had a teammate who numbers, 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 which great, that's wonderful that they have their own individual goals. You know, we want to support that, For sure. provide them with training and things of that nature. But we have to have the culture and the financial results. And that's why I say your HR department and, and other leaders in any organization are so helpful because I, by the way, I've had in other companies, people who have said, I'm just not into all of that softer cultural stuff. And I said, well, it's not really an option to sort of pick right. the things that you like. Right. Um, now here's the converse. What about the teammate who <laughs> is awesome to be around? One of your favorite people, they, they're they're honest. They they do things the right way, but they can't make a goal. They can't get the work done. Mm -hmm. um, they make tons of mistakes um, over time. And let's assume that they've been trained, they've been coached, and, and all the rest. But they're just not very good at their job. Mm -hmm. But yet they're the kind of people that are well liked in the organization. Mm -hmm. It's sort of a similar problem, isn't it? It really is. And I think in that scenario, obviously, you're hoping that you're you're having those conversations, right? And um, you're coaching and you're talk using your one on ones. Um, and then also you make it to the point where um, this person has that culture piece that we find important, right? And we don't want to lose that. But are they in the right role, mm -hmm. right? So maybe um, they're so, on the bus, but they're in the wrong seat. Absolutely. You know, which again, same thing with um, with Jim Collins, too. So it's like moving them into um, a role where they can, you know, thrive and they can be successful and they can continue to give back to the organization. Because as we talked about so many times, the culture part is the part that you can't really teach. We'll be right back with more Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. This is Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. Alongside Good Karma Brand's Senior Director of Human Resources, Daphne Ursu, here's your host, Steve Wexler. Welcome back to Hired, the show all about opportunity and recruitment. Today, we have a very special guest from Kohler Services to talk about some employment opportunities in Wisconsin. Hey, Daphne, we do. In fact, we have two amazing people from what you, I think, could safely call one of the most iconic brands and names in Wisconsin business. I Kohler. think you could. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you think of some of the names that are uh, really amazing because of their story and their history, Kohler is certainly there. Yeah. And joining us, we are so happy to have Brittany Zimmerman, HR manager. Uh oh, we have two HR managers. In the yes, studio. we do. Yes. <laughs> so you better be good. I was going to say, somebody's good. in trouble. It's probably me. It's probably you. <laughs> and Rick Dent, general supervisor, installation from Kohler Services as well. So both of you, 
Welcome to Hired. Yes. Thank you. We're so happy to be here today. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be with you guys today. Great to have you guys uh, here. Yeah. I don't know, Daphne, maybe we should start a little bit in the history, a little bit before we talk about Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'd love to hear the history of color services Fabulous. and all of that. That'd be great. Yeah, who are you guys? Yeah. Where did you, now, we know where you came from, but tell us what Kohler Services is known for, famous for. What's your mission statement? Fabulous. Well, Kohler Services offers completely personalized end-to-end design, remodeling of both your existing bath and your shower spaces. Mm. We like to call it inspiration to installation. Ooh. Inspiration to installation. Yeah, I like that, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So we are really proud to be a part of Kohler Company, the local plumbing manufacturer you've heard about for um, trusted with for 150 years. And it's our anniversary this year, which is pretty fantastic. So, right. Rick, inspiration and installation. So, in other words, there's creativity and vision and here's what I'm dreaming about. But then there's also the functionality, right, of great Kohler appliances. Oh, yeah. We do everything from designing everything out to make it to be the best and the greatest space you can have in your house for your wet space so that you can stay there into your late, late ages in your life. So and you can enjoy, enjoy it. it forever, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. It's funny. I, I just had an experience with, with Kohler because, you know, they have this famous, like, if anything ever goes wrong, which it rarely does, yeah. you just call yeah. and you say, I need some help. I didn't really understand that. And I had to call about a faucet and I just explained it. And the woman said, well, can you just, like, send me a picture of it? And I, on my phone, I sent her a picture and we got, a, like, a new one two right. days later. Oh, wow. No, no chart, just yeah. it's wrong or it's not working or you don't love it, fix it. So that sense of quality, I think, has been part of the Kohler story forever, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. It's fabulous. And especially with Kohler Services, we offer care for life. It's the confidence wow. of the Kohler Services lifetime limited warranty that you have. And so <laughs> fantastic for all of our products that we have across Kohler. Awesome. Um, Daphne and I often talk on this show about company culture because, um, you know, looking for employees or teammates, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's yeah. looking for associates, yeah. good yeah people and uh, and all the rest and the skills tell us a little bit though at Kohler beyond just skill sets what's important to you in a prospective employee or teammate yeah that's fantastic so we are huge at Kohler about diversity equity and inclusion and how we can bring that to our daily lives and so I really pride myself with Kohler and our opportunities to become involved in business resource groups and we we short call it uh, BRGs and it's a way to get connected within the global community that we work in so that's fantastic we have a great focus on personal development and where you really want to take your career so is it starting as an installer or is it moving Moving on into administrative roles, fantastic opportunities at Kohler. We're talking today on Hired with Brittany Zimmerman, HR Manager at Kohler Company, and Rick Dent, General Supervisor at Installation. So 150 years of service. So tell us if somebody wants to be a part of that. So tell us about the open opportunities that you have right now at Kohler Services. So we are looking for some good quality, hands-on people to do the actual installations. We have definitely a very good range of competitive pay and you know things of that nature so that we are going to be you know, the best we can be. So yeah. bath installers, right? Yeah. If you're looking for bath installers, and would somebody have to have some experience um, with that? Would they need to come to the table with you know two to three, five years experience? Like, What would you be looking for in a great bath installer? We would like to have someone about three years worth of experience, home remodeling, construction, preferably more related towards the bathroom type things. But we're looking for guys that are just going to be good, solid workers that are going to want to learn, want to grow, want to be a part of Kohler in the long run. So if somebody has maybe not 
you know, a lot of experience, but really kind of fits into like the the culture and the things that Brittany was talking about. Um, would that be somebody you would consider? Is there any type of training that um, this person could go through to become a bathroom installer? We definitely take on people with a little bit less knowledge and ability because we have the ability then to train them to you know where we want them to be. We uh, are taking on apprentices at some points, and we're trying to just build from the bottom up with everybody that we possibly can and grow as an overall team mm -hmm. to be the best we can. So, and Brittany, I keep hearing, I'm sorry, Dan. No, go right ahead. I keep hearing the, this theme about the best we can be and quality and all the rest. It sounds like those words must be part of what you look for beyond the skill sets, because I'm guessing there are people who might be able to technically do a job, right? Mm -hmm. Install mm -hmm plumbing, bathroom fixtures, et cetera. What's the difference between a Kohler installer and you know somebody else? Yeah, so we, we are looking for folks that communicate effectively, can get into a customer's home and really make it a great experience for them. So we're looking for that well-rounded individual that really can make their mark at Kohler. And so for us, it's just finding someone that we can build and we can train, but then are making sure they provide excellent customer service so our customers are not only coming knocking for our uh, bathtub install in your home or for your Luxstone shower, they're also coming back to play golf at Whistling Straits or Black Wolf Run. <laughs> I love that, I, by the way. I, mean, I knew you would you know, like that. You know, my toilet flushes, so I'm going to go golf. I think that's exactly what you want. <laughs> we'll be right back with more Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. Welcome back to Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. Alongside Good Karma Brand Senior Director of Human Resources, Daphne Ursu, here's your host, Steve Wexler. I love that because it really tells us how Kohler, you set yourself apart from other bathroom installers. So I really, I see that. So why would someone want to work at Kohler? We offer a fantastic opportunity for associates to really grow and learn within their career and take on opportunities that are within our Kohler Home Services, but also continuously look at positions across the globe. And so we're really offering that great opportunity to take it on, take charge of your career, and you can end up at some really cool places. And if it's Kohler Services for life, that's fantastic. We're hoping for that. Um, but we're really looking for people that want to continue to expand and grow. And I love that because that speaks to, you said you've been at Kohler for 15 years, right? 15 so now in the HR role, but starting in a different role. So that really says come into the organization and have the ability to move around. It's incredible. I started in hospitality, then after graduating college, moved into a role working out at the golf courses, worked in every aspect of hospitality, and then joined HR full-time in 2015. Wow. So incredible opportunities. Rick, what's your story? Uh, how did you begin your Kohler journey? So I started with Kohler just under two years ago. I was hired on to be just a bathroom installer. But with my knowledge and experience and, I believe, my drive to always want to be better and always want to grow, I went from just leading up specific jobs to starting to be more of a leader in the company. Then I got moved into a service management type role, and I was just running around all over the place mm -hmm. doing that. And then they moved me to my current position, which is basically a production manager. I manage a handful of teams. I make sure jobs are going smoothly. I help out with radio shows as well. It oh, like. okay. So, um, <laughs> I mean... In the spare time, right? Yeah. I mean, and Kohler's been there every step of the way, too. I'm currently working on a bachelor's degree, so, I mean, they're helping me and making sure that I grow, and, I mean, obviously, I would like to grow for myself as well. Sure. Yeah. And just keep moving forward like that. So you feel like the company has been sort of a partner in your professional growth? Yeah, they definitely have been. They've been, you know, pushing me to get different certifications and qualifications throughout the state of Wisconsin, so then we can 
grow ourselves as a company mm -hmm. and take on more things. Brittany, you mentioned something, and I guess it hadn't fully occurred to me, Daphne, until I heard it, but y y you are in such diverse places mm -hmm. and locations. So if I begin a Kohler professional uh, journey, uh, I mean, where can I go? I sound like a Dr. Seuss book here. Where, <laughs> the places you'll go, where can I go uh, with Kohler? It's incredible. So Kohler Services, we're located in Menominee Falls, but we also have locations in Houston and in San Diego. Ooh. So that's great. You could move across the U.S., but if you're looking at going into another market or another role, you could perhaps end up in India. You could end up in China. So you could really go across the globe, which really offers fantastic opportunities. It won't be with Kohler Services, but Kohler right. is such a wide, diverse organization. You're your opportunities are endless. Okay. Um, so let's get back specifically then to what we're looking for right now. So, uh, Rick, d describe the ideal candidate who walks in and you go, I think that's our man or woman who would be an awesome Kohler teammate. Uh, first off, I would love to see a person that just has a good attitude towards you know wanting to get out there and do the job. Mm. But then you know someone that has several years of background in home remodeling or construction would be great. It seems like we have a handful of guys that are coming from the cabinet maker side of things. That would be myself included. Uh, they usually wind up working out very well with that technical knowledge of being able to cut things and mm -hmm. you know design it in their head and then put it into the materials. That's a real skill, isn't it, to be able to see it? Yeah, it is. It there, there's some it. people that they have to draw it out, and some people can just, it's in their head, and they put it down on the material, and yeah. it's, it's gold. So the biggest part of it is a, the great attitude towards people, towards our customers, towards our fellow employees, and we can work and build off of that. So bathroom installers can start there and come into your organization. So if someone's listening to um, to um, information that we're sharing today about Kohler Services, how can they learn more? Where can they go to find out more about this role or any other role within your organization? That's fabulous. So we offer a great website where you can go learn about our product and learn about our organization, and that's Kohler Services wi.com and that's really going to be the home page for Kohler Home Services. There also is a link at the bottom to our careers where it will take you um, where you can apply to be an installer or a design sales consultant within our fabulous organization. So take a peek on that. Otherwise, always visit our website Kohler.com to really take a look at all of our offerings that we offer here at Kohler. I think everybody knows this, but it's K-O-H-L-E-R. Yes. I feel almost yeah. silly saying it because it's such a well-known brand in Wisconsin. But yeah. for those who might be listening or new to the area, just want to remind everybody uh, of this amazing company and this amazing uh, brand. Yes. All right, last, last call. Somebody's listening right now. They've heard our conversation. Tell us why they ought to uh, get involved or at least learn more about Kohler. Rick, let's hear it. Because Kohler is going to work with you and help you build a life in Wisconsin and wherever they are. They're going to grow with you, and you're going to be able to grow within them. That's why you should get with Kohler. By the way, you just got a thumbs up from HR. <laughs> Which, Both I don't know about you, Rick. I don't get many of those. So, when he first said time for build. me, too. First time. Okay. When he said build, did you see my face light up? I was yeah. like, well, Brittany build. and Daphne both went, oh, like this is an HR dream. Having yeah. somebody say yeah. that, right? Build and grow. So phenomenal HR words to hear. So that is great. Thank you guys so much for telling us about the opportunities at Kohler Services. We appreciate that. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Great to have you here. More of Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show, is coming up along the Good Karma Brands radio network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a Good Karma Brands station. Welcome back to Hired, the GKB Recruitment Show. 
alongside Good Karma Brand Senior Director of Human Resources, Daphne Ursu. Here's your host, Steve Wexler. So for studio producer, Chris Larson, show producer, Aaron Tratner, and leadership coach, Steve Wexler, I'm GKB Senior Director of Human Resources, Daphne Ursu, and this is Good Karma Brand's Radio, Radio Network. Network.